Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. I hope very much that the kind of innovative, courageous, bold, wise leadership that Premier Wynn has been providing, that is seen all around the world as a model, will be an approach uh, that the people of this province say, yes, that, that is what we need to do, want to do, and will do. Sorry. What was that? What on earth was that? Sorry, I just can't listen to that drivel. This oh, yeah. is what it feels like when doves cry. <laughs> well, that was Al Gore in Toronto. Yeah, and folks still buy that garbage. But his inconvenient truth, I mean, look, they are inconveniently wrong a lot of times. And yet folks still turn out. So he did join our premier at Ryerson, where they both championed their climate crusade talking about the fact that we just can't go back. It's now a climate crisis. So we don't actually even call it global warming. We don't call it climate change. It's now global climate crisis. From the guy who told us that the world would be wiped out in catastrophic events back in 2016. I am here to tell you today that I am alive and still here on this show. And they are still shilling so that we pay more for pollution. I want to bring in Pierre Desrochers. He is an associate professor of geography and environmental studies of the University of Toronto. Great to have you on. Thanks for having me. I may be being a little bit mean, but... Oh, no, no. These were triggering words. (laughs) But, you know, you won't see protesters show up at a speech like that, I guess. It's only people like you and I, when we show up at universities, who get get protested, I guess. There you go. Well, look, you got a much bigger brain than I do, because you study all of these things. So what is it that you make of of Al Gore? I mean... Well, I mean, uh, I was reading a few press reports, and the students uh, students are saying things like, he really told us we need to take action we can and we will or we should. And that's from a guy who has four houses, including, I think, some beachfront property mm-hmm. in California, uh, a swimming pool in his Nashville uh, house in Tennessee that requires, what, four or five times the average amount of electricity that an average home in the state gets. Um, I know, I find it truly amazing that people still listen to Al Gore. And, uh, but the message that he gives, of course, you know, if he was, on, well, okay, if he was honest, uh, <laughs> If you look at the history of these schemes, he says Ontario has the superior system. Well, there's nothing that Ontario does that hasn't been tried and has failed elsewhere before. I mean, uh, renewables have been a disaster everywhere. What can I tell you? I mean, reality is not optional. Uh, the sun is only is not there all day. The wind doesn't blow all the time. There are really only two things that work if you want to reduce, if you believe that greenhouse gas emissions are a problem and you want to reduce them. The first is economic collapse, and you could see maybe wind has done our share in that. That way, you know, you look at Eastern Europe, they reduced their uh, carbon emissions after the Soviet bloc collapse. 
But the other thing that really works is uh, substi- uh, substituting uh, natural gas for coal. Mm-hmm. And uh, what you've seen happen in the last few years is that the United States, which has done nothing of what Al Gore recommends, or at least not on a major scale anyway, uh, has been able to reduce its uh, greenhouse gas emission while growing its economy because of the fracking revolution, because uh, natural gas is just a better fuel to generate electricity than coal is. Uh, in the meantime, Western Europe has tried all sorts of things, you know, uh, drastic renewable policies in Germany, in Spain, in uh, the United Kingdom, uh, cap and trade, green taxes, and none of that works. So if you want results as opposed to feeling good about yourself, I guess, well, you should look into these kinds of things, you know, more fracking, more natural gas. Um, nothing else has worked so far, but I guess uh, you can get a commission saying that if you're Al Gore and you expect to get a share of the action in the cap and trade systems like a lot of these Wall Street firms do. So, yeah, I mean, I just find it amazing that um, that Al Gore gets uh, the the reception that he does. But not well. not just the reception. I mean, he he literally fawns over a premier. Um, that has destroyed hydro, that yep. has uh, made hydro power unaffordable for everyday people, and it's yep. one of the cleanest for forms of energy. And, and that was the strength of Ontario in the past. You know, it was uh, electric power at cost, and we were very competitive with other jurisdictions. I mean, you, you have a smart audience. I mean, they know how uncompetitive our rates have, be, uh, have become compared to the Midwest and our uh, direct competitors. So, yeah, again, I mean, if you want to reduce emissions that way by destroying our industrial base and uh, creating widespread energy poverty, I guess, yeah, that's one way to look at it. It's, uh, it will get results. I guess maybe I'm unfair to Gorius and to win here. They will achieve results that way if their goal is really to reduce emissions. Right. Okay. So what would you say, because the constant attack on the left from environmentalists, including our environmental climate change minister, Catherine McKenna, is, you know, about climate plans and the fact that the conservatives don't have a climate plan to deal with um, with our climate crisis, which is apparently the new word we now say. Um, but I, I don't I don't understand how putting a price on carbon, does, it doesn't change anything. It's just a tax. And for whatever reason, people well, are so emotional about it, they fall for it. Well, it's just a tax. And it's not like the Chinese or the Indians will uh, stop building a coal-fired power plant every week. I mean, the thing about uh, greenhouse, again, carbon emissions, greenhouse, gas, uh, greenhouse gases is that if you believe it's a problem, it's really a global problem. And it doesn't matter uh, how much effort a small emitter like Canada and an even smaller emitter like Ontario does, uh, it's completely insignificant in the grander scheme of things. And because things like the Kyoto Protocol or whatever is uh, promoted along these lines, because these things only affect uh, developed economies, uh, the impact is minimal. It's like, you know, a few months over a hundred-year period. So, again, if Catherine McKenna was serious about climate change, I would say, fine, let's have more fracking. Let's sure that other parts of the world have more fracking. That way you can create economic wealth. You can reduce greenhouse gas emission. Let's go with what works. Uh, nothing else has. I mean, but then uh, it seems to me that, uh, yeah, she, she's willing to uh, burn a lot of carbon to spread her message. I mean, she every time I hear her new announcement, she's traveling around the world somewhere. But, again, you know that. Well, I do like the guys like Bill Nye, who lectures us on things like, uh, you know, Fort McMurray. And then you've got guys like Al Gore or you've got Leonardo DiCaprio. All of these people certainly don't lead by example because they are out flying around the world and literally not reducing any carbon imprint that they have. But they all want us to. I mean, they would essentially only be happy if we lived like the people in North Korea. 
Well, it's, it's not only that. I mean, if you look at the latest fad, uh, we're bringing back population control in the name of fighting climate change. And if I may have a little plug, I'm putting with Mike Water the last uh, few words on a book that will attack this perception that, you know, reducing the number of children you have will actually do something about climate change. It should be ready in a few weeks. But that's ultimately what their goal is. Ultimately, the only thing that works if you buy into their philosophy is having less and less people on the earth because humans are not, you know, brains that think of new solutions, aren't that work to improve standards of living. We're essentially a cancer parasite. And the less of us there is, well, the less... the happier nature will be, I guess, the happier Gaia will be. And that's the unavoidable conclusion of their philosophy. But in the meantime, uh, well, you can virtue signal, you can do it, you can have uh, ineffective policies. And uh, uh, sadly, if at least if they were sincere, they would lead by example, as you just said. And maybe I will take Al Gore seriously the way he practices what he preaches. Right, exactly. But here we go into a, a you know, speaking simply from an Ontario provincial election, and yep. we're looking at leaders who are not going to run on a carbon tax, which is music to my ears. Um, but they're going to have to fight a narrative that is very, very much indoctrinated into people. I mean, I've got a five-year-old now in school, and, and he is going to be indoctrinated within the next year uh, about all things green and, and what he must do, you know? Like, it's it's a very powerful indoctrination. I know it is, and, uh, you know, it's... it's... People need to believe in something or people need to be afraid of something. And I'm with you. uh, But at at the same time, um, I wish people would realize uh, the benefits that carbon fuels have brought to humanity. I mean, again, 200 years ago, there were less than a billion people on Earth. Mm -hmm. The average life expectancy was 31 years of age. Everybody was sick. Infant mortality was tremendously high. Today, there's almost, what, 7.6 billion of us. Standards of living are improving. Uh, We keep being uh, told about a future crisis that never materializes. You know, what's really popular with uh, anti-carbon fuel activists today is to say, well, we should have 350 parts per million, and we're uh, way above that, we should bring it down. Well, we actually crossed that threshold in 1992, one full generation ago, and nothing bad happened. Well, I'm pretty confident I'll be here tomorrow and 20 years from now. I want to thank you so much. You're fun. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Professor. I'll have you on again, by the way. Oh, whatever. (laughs) Thank you. Bye. That is... uh, Professor Pierre de Rocher, who's got a great sense of humor, but gives maybe the other side of the equation. We'll have him on again. All right, we're taking a quick break here at 928. Up next, you know it. His name is Charlie <laughs> On Point here on Global News Radio.